The missing piece of the final puzzle is inspired by Matthew 18 when the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the last one. I want you to realize that God's purpose for your life is just like a puzzle. The more pieces you put together, the more you see the truth of God's plan. And let me tell you something, because if I can be real, you are the one missing piece, the chosen one that Jesus pursued the same way to complete his final puzzle. And until he finds you and bring you back where you belong, the puzzle will stay incomplete and Jesus promised to us remain unfinished. Hey, listen, I just want you to use this podcast as a guide to make yourself fully available to him, share your faith with other athletes, and proclaim that each and every single one of us is part of something greater. So here we go. Welcome. And let's just talk on the missing piece of the final puzzle. All right, guys, welcome back. And right here, we're just going to focus on a healing process that's available to every single one of his children. Um, I heard it once, and it said that before anything, acknowledging that you actually need help, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you want to share that with us, but you say it best. God wants you to cry out. That's it. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to be more childlike and not childish. Could you explain to us the difference between those two? And also, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I I think for for me, like, um, I'm a mama, right? I have four kids and, and there's nothing more powerful than your kid crying out to you. And, and often like, and then you, I have the power to help. Mm -hmm. Right. And so how much greater is that the Lord, right? Like God knows it all. Like he created it all. Like he's so much more, we underestimate the power of, of the Lord. Like we just do because we, I don't know if we spend enough time thinking about it, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. But I think part of the healing process is, is kind of like you were talking about in the earlier segment about the table that's prepared for us in, in the, in, around our enemies. And I, and I just think like a, a visual or something to imagine is just bringing all your stuff to the table and then saying, okay, Jesus, this is it. This is who I am. And you just throw it out there. And that's step number one to healing is like being so intimate and vulnerable in our relationship with the Lord that you're putting everything on the table for, and you give the Lord the opportunity to help you sort through it. And and I think that that's, that's such a good visual to think about. And, um, and there's nothing on that table when you bring it all there that can't be used and I think that that's so important to like, let that dwell in your spirit. There's nothing that can't be used. And because the Bible says that, that he's going to turn, um, God has the power to turn things that um, are ashes into beauty and things yeah. that we don't feel um, would ever be beneficial. We can make it beautiful in time. And I think that, um, you know, scripture says in Romans eight twenty eight, like all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and they're called according to his purposes. And so even our worst thing in the things that we really are, are hesitant to place on the table, God in his power and his sovereignty and in his creativity and all of those things can use the worst part of us to bring glory to him. And so I think that that's just some non-negotiables that we have to think about in our mind when we're thinking about the power and the beauty of the Lord. But as far as like childlike and childish, like I told you, I'm a mom of four kids and, um, and there's never been a time I'm serious. There has never been a time when my kid has cried out to me. And and when he asked me specifically, like, mom, please help that I haven't went running to help them because I love them. 
I, I gave birth to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are my, my people. And there's, there's a bond between us that until your mama, you don't really can't fathom. And, and I think the same is true for God. We can't fathom the love that he has for us and um, the willingness that he has to run to his children when they cry out. Like we just can't fathom that. And I think that we're, we're so quick to try to handle things on our own that we don't have the confidence that he's coming, like he's coming, he's willing, he's there and he's there in all things. And like, I remember read the other day, like he's nine years old. He's nine years old, well past like all of the, you know, little things that he really needs help with, but he knows I'll do it. Like he knows I'll help him. And he, I'm in the living room with my friend Ray Ray and we're watching TV and you hear him and he's like, mom, mom, like what read? Like my first response was, what do you need? And he was like, I just need you. I just need you. And I mean, I got up off that table or that, that not on the table. I got up from the table so, so fast. And I just ran to his room. I'm like, what do you need, buddy? He was like, I I need you to scratch my back and I need you to turn off the light. And I was like, okay. But it's like, it's just so like, picture that, like, I don't, it doesn't matter the kind of father that we've had or the kind of like parental guidance that we've had. You have to trust that the Bible is true and that, that God is a good father in a, in a, in a God that is going to respond to the cry of his creation just does. And that, but the childlike faith. So there's a big difference between childish and childlike. And so the child, so I'm talking childlike faith. Childish faith is just never maturing. And I think that like, we're never going to be confident in the Lord if we don't do the work to try to become mature followers of Christ. And so like this podcast is going to be super beneficial to the people that listen to this. And so not because of anything I'm saying, I'm talking about like (laughs) what you're going to, what you're doing, the ministry that you're doing, because it helps cultivate, um, a child, child, um, childlike mature relationship with Jesus childlike. And I'm fully confident that he's coming. I'm fully Mm -hmm. confident that he's a rescuer. I'm fully confident that what he says is true. I have faith that he is good. That's, that's childlike childish is just never growing up. And we all know that we all friends like that. We all have friends like even me at as old as I'm getting, like I have childish friends that I just want to, I just want to look at and be like, why are we, why are we friends? Like you're so immature. But it gets old, you know what yes. I'm saying? Because there's no evidence of growth at all. And we don't want to be Christians like that. There's there's so much joy if we take seriously like this process of becoming more like Jesus. There's joy, there's peace, there's adventure. It's like being on the greatest team of all time. Like Michael we Jordan, Chicago Bulls kind of vibe. Yeah, like, go. you know what I mean? Like, it's like being on the very, very, very best team that you know is going to win, that you know have has the dominant player, which is Jesus. And that, you know, in the end, like all the things of the, like at the very beginning, at the very beginning, when the fall happens, there's this cool verse and it's cool and sad all at the same time. But God says like part of the curse, like I'm going to put a hatred between, between the seed of this woman, which is Jesus and in you. Mm-hmm. And at the end, that man is going to defeat you. And that's who we get to partner with. And yeah. man, that's fun. Yeah. And so, but if we stay childish, we're never going to experience the fun. Man, that was so good. Thank you for sharing that. And I would say, yeah, we, 
actually, I want to say that vulnerability is strength. Mm -hmm. Crying out, tears, that's strength. Yeah. Right? Now saying, I'm strong, I got this, I'm just going to look it for myself, that's actually being weak, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that there's a right and a wrong way to fight battles. And I just think that we have, like you said, the best guy out there. Like, Jesus is my brother. Can you imagine, like, my brother has that much power? He's coming with me on my team. I'm on his team, and we're just going to fight together. I mean, that's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. And I just think that you have to understand that who are the rulers, around here mm -hmm. you know what i mean and feel lucky enough that you are part of that team mm -hmm. um i just want to say i just have a question for you you know how athletes sometimes we have our own goliath to fight but at the same time we have to be on top of our work and perform if you could give a quick advice to athletes what would it be for the ones that want to fight the battles but also They have to be careful when and how they fight it because they also have to be on top to perform. Yeah, I think it's just a real practical thing is, is being intentional with your schedule. And so for me, I would say like with my family, um, they're base we're baseball people over here. And so there's a, there's a, a spring training part of our life. There's a season part of our life. And then there's an off season part of our life. And of course, there's some things that need immediate care that that needs to be like addressed it immediately, mm -hmm. whatever. But sometimes if it's, if sometimes it might just be like, okay, first thing when the season's over, I'm going to get counseling for X, Y, and Z, because this seems to be a pattern in my life that is causing me to trip up a whole lot. And I think just being very intentional with your, with your days and with your schedule um, will help, you know? And, and I think like what's cool about the David and Goliath story, like when one of my I'm, I'm a big, like, read it from an aerial perspective, you know? So the cool thing about David is God was preparing him well before he met with Goliath to meet Goliath. And so, like, he was just faithful to do his stuff, like, during the season. Like, he would go out and, and he was a shepherd. And so he would go work for his dad during the season. And then every now and then, like, a lion would come up. And he's like, well, nobody else is here. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to fight the lion. And he would. And then, and then the bear, a bear, maybe a couple weeks yeah, later, it comes yeah. a bear. And then, and then God and, and David defeated the bear. Right. And so when it was time for the Goliath battle to happen, he was fully prepared because of the lonely work that he and God did when nobody was looking. And so I do think that there's rhythms that are beneficial in our life. That is between the Lord and, and me and the Lord and you. And, um, And, and I, I think like the day in and day out relationship with God is really, really important. But I also think if it's a big thing um, that maybe having some strategy to where during a, a slower part of our season is when we address these big lingering things, you know, but I think it's a non-negotiable not to have a daily, a daily check in right. with the Lord. Right. That's pretty awesome. And I mean, yeah, and we're not saying, guys, that it will be comfortable. Those are so uncomfortable. You know why? Because it requires you to actually deal and sit in front of it, you know? And I just think that what it looks like sometimes, I love this idea of the luggage. Think about of a luggage. You have all your clothes and all your socks and all your things in there, right? What it looks like, sometimes you have to take a t-shirt out. Whatever, if that represents pain from the past, then that's what it is. It's coming out. Sometimes you have to take the sock out 
you know, and if that's anxiety or trauma from your childhood, you have to take it out. The one thing is that you always have God and I mean, Jesus, they are, I like to say they, but they are always right next to you yeah. to take those yeah. things out of their luggage. Yeah. And sometimes in life, we have people that would add into that. I mean, yeah. when you get your heart broken from a past relationship, it happens. So, so you have some people that would add more clothes in your luggage, which is sad, but it's okay because like we talked about, those are lessons learned mm -hmm. for you to actually later on go out there, share your story so you can touch somebody else. But there, there are also people that would actually help you. Like you right here, what we're doing, it's actually helping every single one of us to unpack as well. Mm -hmm. And I just think that this is just pretty cool. Um, so it is a process. And I want to ask you, in this process of healing, where did you feel God the most? Music, his word, mm -hmm. quiet time? Yeah, I would say all of it. I, I would say, it for like I heard this story once that that this this woman says that she, you know, she's like, I want to invite Jesus into my mess. I want to invite Jesus into my mess. And she was like, so she pictured Jesus like coming into our into her home. And so for me, like, I'll just break this down like with the healing is like, yes, I'm like, yeah, Jesus, come on in and heal my heart. Like make me make me pure, like a, a pure vessel so I can I can share your goodness to anybody that wants to hear it. And so like picture Jesus coming to your house and you're like Yes, come in, search, search my heart, search my heart. Yeah. And so, and then like he gets to this closet that you're kind of like, oh, you know, you can go anywhere in this house, but I don't want you to go in that closet right there because, and then Jesus is like, why? I, I want to go in that closet. And you're like, no, 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 no. Don't you dare go in that closet. And because you know, if he opens the closet, it's like stuff's going to fly out everywhere because sometimes there's things in our life that we have stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed. And stuffed kind of like an illustration of a house that we've got most of it healed and most of it cleaned up with, with the help of the Lord, of course, not on our own. And, but then there's this area that we just won't let Jesus like sort through, you know what I mean? And so for me, like, that's kind of, that's kind of what it was for a long time is like, I was confident in his power to heal for 98% of my life. But then there were just, there was this little, little, bit that I wasn't all that confident that he could heal and that I would feel forgiven and pure in in all of the promises in right. scripture. But I you just man, you just have to open the door. Yeah. <laughs> and just sit on the floor, you know, open I mean? the door sort through this stuff. It takes work. It takes work. It takes a lot of work. But honestly, one thing I've learned and I believe it was shared by Transformation Church, their new series, is that sometimes that 98% and the two that you was talking about, sometimes the 2% in the closet he's about to walk in, sometimes he's not coming and walking in to punish you. He's not coming yeah. and walking in to tell you, oh, you did that. Girl, you're tripping. That's not yeah. good. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Sometimes he just want to open the door and ask you, how are you doing? Yeah. He wants to yeah. look at your face yeah. and hug you and tell you, we got this, yeah. let's do it together. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes that's just what he wants to do, I think. And yeah. we have this image of God that he He has the power over it all. He will just come and punish me. He's yeah. about to give me a whooping. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But sometimes that's what we think about him when he just loves us. Yeah, and, and, and we serve a, a God that, like, in that illustration, that takes a breath, and sits on the floor with us mm -hmm. and gets the whole thing organized. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's like, why didn't you trust me for this room? Like why? And, and so, because this room is going to have treasure in it that we're going to be able to share with other people. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it's just like the whole Psalm 40 thing. Like those are the sorts of pits that, that Jesus is used to working in. Yes. And so that's the excavation process that he's been doing for a really, really, long really long time. time. And there's a whole plan for this, right? And so it started in the garden and it's just kind of like, but we just need to trust that that is true for us too. And that we're not unqualified. It does not matter. Jesus knew exactly who he was saving on the cross. The scripture says like the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And you just have to envision like, your story and your face on the other side of the cross. Like that was the point of it all. And, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, he, I mean, that, I mean, seriously study the crucifixion. Like it was, oh. it was real. Like that was real. And that was really, really horrific. And, but the joy set before him, he endured the wrath of God for our freedom. That is so true. And that was so good. And I realized also that the closer you want to get to God, the more you will have to let go of your own habits, mm -hmm. patterns, and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. I love the idea of the rocket. If you think about a rocket, it's thrown into space, right? It goes up. It don't stop, right? As the rocket keeps going higher, there are pieces of the rocket that can no longer stay with it. So they just fall off. And for me, I, I'm thinking about friendships. Boom. God has a mission. He has a promise for me, and I'm just trying to follow that. So, yeah, I'm going up. I'm trying to get closer to him, you know. And sometimes what it looks like, it looks like the music that we talked about that I still have to work on, guys. I promise you, I'm going to get there. But you have to drop that and then keep going high. Friendship, let it go. It falls. As you get closer, things will have to fall off. And I just think that's pretty cool. But I want to ask you the last question. When you think about everything we've said and you just touch on the personality and why God is God and why he is so good, what is your favorite word to describe God? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, let's say this. Let's say three because I, I'm number three, you know, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's just say three words. Yeah. I would say... Uh, faithful. And I think that sometimes we underestimate the real meaning of faithful. Like, um, I would definitely say faithful is one of my words, like a rich faithful, not like a, like, Oh, you're yeah. so faithful, but like a rich faithful, faithful to be a covenant keeper and faithful to move the mission forward and faithful to be patient, um, with us as, as we are moving towards, um, becoming more like Christ. And, um, I would say, so faithful is number one word. I would say, um, hmm. I would say, these are, this is a really good question. I didn't know about this question. Um, <laughs> I would say precise um, and like like a precision to to his plan and to the way he loves us and the way he rescues us and the way that he uses us. Um, I would definitely say that God is, has a precision that is kind of fascinating to me. Like the way that he tells the ocean where to stop and the way he puts the stars in the sky and the sunrise and the sunset. I think that there's a, a precision there that is cool. Um, 
And I would say just love and, and like loving in a way that we can't, again, like the way that we describe love is so shallow and, and silly. But then you hear like good, like therapists say that, okay, in a marriage, like the thing that keeps a marriage strong is choosing to love your spouse. Like even like that's your morning mantra. Like there's this lady I really like. I don't know if she's a Christian or not, but she's super wise. And she talks about like in the morning, like you're choosing to love your spouse. And I thought a lot about God and how, how God from the foundations of the earth chose to love me, even though I didn't reciprocate that love very well. And even as a believer that I do, but sometimes I don't, I still don't reciprocate love to God the way that I should. And so I think love would definitely be my, my third, my third. Yeah. Great question. I'm going to borrow that in our podcast. Well, I'm going to just say this because I don't want to take all the credit. That question came from Charlie last time. while She was, we were just in Bible study and she said, Mimi, what's your favorite word about Christ? I was like, and you know what I said? Unconditional. Oh yeah, that's good. I said unconditional because the way he loves us, the way he pursues us, the way he just come and rescue us, you know, he goes all around for you. And so, yeah, shout out to Charlie. Thank you for that question because now you helped me making Leslie struggle a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope that that helped a lot of you. Um, Again, your past does not define who you are. What it does is that it gives you the keys for later on being able to step up and help somebody that have been in your shoes. So don't feel shame. Don't feel guilt. Don't feel condemnation, anxiety, or stress. Be willing to share your stories, testimonies. And I promise you that's what God wants for us, to be able to share our stories. Because if he allowed it to happen, there's a specific reason. So don't feel all those emotions and feelings because they definitely come from the enemy. And just deal with it. You know, be be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself. I know you'll get there um, from a person that I've dealt with it. And I'll share my testimony so you guys can actually have a better idea of who your host is and why that podcast, that title for this first episode was so important. It's because I dealt with it. So I just want to encourage every single person to just do the work and unpack the luggage because I promise you that on the other side, there is light and there's a lot of hope, a lot of joy. And it will be fun from there. But thank you so much. Please check out the next episode. See you guys. The missing piece of the final puzzle is inspired by Matthew 18, when the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the last one. I want you to realize that God's purpose for your life is just like a puzzle. The more pieces you put together, the more you see the truth of God's plan. And let me tell you something, because if I can be real, You are the one missing piece, the chosen one that Jesus pursued the same way to complete his final puzzle. And until he finds you and brings you back where you belong, the puzzle will stay incomplete and Jesus promised to us remain unfinished. Hey listen, I just want you to use this podcast as a guide to make yourself fully available to him, share your faith with other athletes, and proclaim that each and every single one of us is part of something greater. So, here we go. Welcome, and let's just talk on the missing piece of the final puzzle.